0: Welcome to Eat Your Feels Podcast, a podcast about
1: food, food history,
0: and food culture
1: with David Sparks and Brianna Mayer. Today is... Pies. Pies.
0: And we thought it was appropriate given that we are getting closer and closer to...
1: Halloween.
0: Halloween. And then also... (laughs) Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, Where there usually is pie on the menu.
1: That's true. There usually is pie on Thanksgiving.
0: So what can you tell me about pie today, David?
1: I can tell you quite a bit. Alright. You want to hear it?
0: Sure, yeah. Oh, before we start talking about pies today, let's talk about our menus. So we started this new thing where um, David does a menu for a week and I do a menu for a week and we create the whole menu for the whole week. We do all the grocery shopping. We do all the cooking. Yep. And then the next week it's somebody else's turn, which is super fun. Um, But we've been able to kind of explore some fun recipes. Yeah. So share some of yours that you did. They were pretty great.
1: I've been having a lot of fun with this. Because it causes me to think differently about food.
0: Cool, or like how you prepare meals at home. Yeah, just being aware
1: of like what's there, what's not, what you can do, how do you use other items for other menu, so you're not just getting like one bunch of celery and that's all you're gonna use for like the two. Crossover menu
0: crossover. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, But my my two favorite things were the mushroom portobello burgers.
0: Oh, yeah. With the garlic aioli that you made. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That was good.
1: That was good. With like a grilled pepper, cheese. A
0: roasted red pepper. A
1: roasted red pepper. Yeah. It was delicious. I also liked how you did the mushroom portobello burgers. I
0: did mine more like a toast.
1: Yeah. Open face. Yeah. But you like, ha- you you did that hash.
0: Oh, yeah. I did the cross-hatching on the top. You do yeah. it with like, it's to increase surface area. Oh. You can do it with eggplant. You do it with zucchini. Oh. And you just take the tip of your knife and you run it diagonally one direction, and then you run it diagonally the other direction, and it essentially increases the surface area, so you get more crispy.
1: Uh, how deep do you go?
0: Uh, not very deep at all, okay. like um, an eighth of an inch tops,
1: oh. maybe. Can you do that? Do you do that when you grill a burger, a mushroom burger?
0: Mm, I don't know. I've never tried it with grilling a mushroom burger, mm. but I, I just I did it when I was using the cast iron. Since the cast iron is this really flat surface, it's radiating heat. And like a a grill is a little bit different. Yeah. You're over a grate system that's hot. But then the coals themselves is where the real heat comes from.
1: Uh, Interesting. Yeah. Um, I also made a sweet potato savory bread pudding. And it had spinach, sweet potatoes, a sourdough bread that I made.
0: Whole wheat sourdough, yeah. Whole wheat
1: sourdough bread I made. um, Spinach, half and half eggs. Twice spinach. Twice spinach. He said it twice. So spinach twice. And twice the spinach. (laughs) It
0: turns out also twice sweet potatoes. Yeah. But it was really good, and we have it for days. Yeah. We've got some in the freezer right now. It's really nice to make a big batch of it. Um, We eat it like breakfast. So we were slicing it into little squares and then heating it up in a saute pan. It was quite nice. And
1: it was a pretty easy recipe to find. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, will you
0: be posting a link to that recipe on our website? I shall. Yes. Because
1: I have the, the recipe printed out. I will print it to our website. And then my third favorite thing. you
0: Print it to our website. I'm sure to say that. You're here. the best.
1: I'll take it out. I will post it, a link of the website, to our website.
0: <laughs> nice. Oh, uh, my,
1: um, my third and favorite thing that I made was a Guinness and beef hot water crust pie uh
0: meat pie
1: it was a meat pie i supplemented some of the beef with mushrooms so it was a bit healthier Mm -hmm. so it still kept that meaty texture though and added a little earthiness to it i put a little bit of curry in the curry powder in the crust
0: Mm.
1: which yeah that was really nice yeah and i'll talk about what a hot water crust is more later in our our episode so stay tuned
0: Oh, stay tuned, folks. This guy's got some treats.
1: (laughs) You don't want to miss what that is.
0: Oh, uh, one really one thing I discovered, kind of see, I don't find recipes; I find ideas because I feel like I'm a little. It takes the joy out of it if I have to follow a direct recipe. As long as I know the process, like Mm -hmm. I don't do that for baking, but for like menu ideas. So um, I did a pork belly kimchi saute,
1: yeah, like stir
0: fry with bok choy, yeah. Um, Really delicious, folks. Kimchi is delicious, and it's even better when you finish your pork belly with it. Oh, is so pork belly it up. which you can find at Trader Joe's, right, yeah. which is really nice. So, anyways, that's been my, my favorite thing this week. I'm gonna try it yeah. again and actually follow the recipe <laughs> because it's in Savor Savor's magazine that, that came out this month. Um, and it's actually a stew oh. with tofu, kimchi, and
1: pork belly yeah all right so let's dig into this theme This deep a pie dish. this deep dish pie okay to cut out a slice okay. put it on a plate uh with ice cream without ice cream that is the ultimate question nobody can agree on it
0: what's the other name other word for that though
1: a la mode mm-hmm. yeah a la mode is by itself
0: no Oh. No. Okay. Allamode is with that ice That was cream. a question. Sorry. Oh, is, yeah. It looked like a statement. No. <laughs> uh,
1: I, what I should have said is...
0: I'm pretty sure it was a statement. No,
1: it was a, it was a total question. And that's so why I was weird that you didn't so no. answer my question. Is, no. Does the mode mean uh, by itself? No. Okay.
0: <laughs> it means with ice cream.
1: Hmm.
0: Con el lado.
1: I like my pie with ice cream.
0: Um, Really quick, if you hear us sipping on things, we are actually sipping on a white Russian. Yeah. With some homemade coffee liqueur that somebody made.
1: The pie of cocktails. Okay. (laughs) It's creamy. It's delicious. Oh, let's define what a pie is. A pie is a baked dish, uh, which is made of a pastry dough. Pastry dough is flour, salt, butter, or fat. It can be sweet or savory, um, but it usually contains a feeling of various ingredients. Sometimes mix. Fee- feeling. Filling.
0: There we go. Filling. Yeah. You said feeling.
1: I said filling. <laughs> Fine. No no. A sweet or savory filing. Filling. <laughs>
0: this is gonna drive me nuts.
1: I'm saying filling. Uh, and it's baked. It takes less energy to heat. Uh, you can spread out ingredients, so it's similar to our casserole episode. If you haven't heard that, go back and listen to it. It's a great way for taking minimal ingredients, putting it into one ingredient, and it feeds multiple people.
0: No, it just it's like it's it's a way of um, it's a way of preserving fruit or meat, yeah. um, or vegetables. Because a pie can be held at room temperature for, I believe, four days.
1: So oh. something about
0: the process. I don't know. I wouldn't really trust that with meat. I know people used to do it that way. I, you know, we've got... We know now about food poisoning. Yeah. But definitely fruit pies can be kept at room temperature for a few days. Um, yeah, and there yeah, were...
1: It's I think a, meat pies, you would probably want to refrigerate those.
0: Yeah, we should cut that part out because I don't really know.
1: No, but... but, but... Let's talk about like American culture. Typically, we do.
0: Well, we should. You, I'd like to hear more about the history oh, okay. of the pie.
1: This is a great way to introduce you to the history of the pie brain. No, cool. <laughs> All right, just real quick, I do want to say, a quick memory I have of pies. Uh, my dad loved a slice of apple pie with a cheddar, che- a slice of cheddar cheese. And uh, that's cute. Do, doing my research, apparently, that's a ridiculously old way of doing apple pies. Mm. It's like the English European way. I would
0: really like an apple pie with a cheddar crust.
1: That's what they typically use a sharp cheddar
0: cheese
1: mm. with Oof. a tart apple pie. Lovely, yeah, that sounds really good. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's like that um, farmer's lunch slice of apple, cured meat, mm-hmm. at slice of apple, cheese. So, the history of pies go way back to uh, Egyptian history.
0: Ah, I know. I read that. I saw that. That's really yeah. cool.
1: Um, it's all about preservation, taking goods on long trips. Uh, today in the U.S., we tend to focus on more sweets, uh, but that's changing a little bit. We're kind of going into back to, like, meat pies.
0: Kind of, but the reason, the reason for that is, is because sugar became a huge thing. Yeah. You could buy sugar at the store when you know egyptian times roman times that was not the case
1: sugar was not available
0: no and that's a major component in uh, fruit pies
1: yeah so usually when people needed nutritious meals that they could take with them uh they took galettes oh,
0: I love galettes. yeah
1: small handheld pies mm-hmm. uh usually not like folded over yeah not you covered would,
0: you fold them over and they kind yeah. of have an empty space in the middle and you can make a savory galette or a sweet galette yeah. I mean, they can have ham in them, mm. they can have butternut Lamb. squash in them, they can have plums in them, they can have anything. Really. Good. Sure, goat be fine, yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so they, the galette eventually became uh, sweet or dessert pastries, um, of which they can find evidence on the uh, two malls of the Pharaoh Ramses II. Oh, wow. Yeah, He ruled about 1300 BCE, so that recipe is ridiculously old. And I have it right here.
0: Oh, you do? I do. That is so cool. Okay. Okay.
1: So, Ramsey's the second recipe is bird, bird, pharaoh, sun, reed bird. You idiot. Bake for 30 minutes.
0: <laughs> you you jerk. You got me. <laughs> you got me on this podcast.
1: I'm sorry. Um. Even even the ancient Greeks <laughs> mentioned small pastries in some of their plays.
0: Oh, like yeah. how would they do that though?
1: I don't. It'd be like. Or are they
0: working that into their play? Hamlet
1: holding a skull, but or a hand pie instead of a. Instead
0: skull. of oh okay, yeah I've seen that no, play. No,
1: it would be um, Oedipus <laughs> Rex, but he carries a hand pie with him.
0: Ooh, like the one from McDonald's, right? Yeah, like, like, exactly.
1: The apple pie?
0: Shakespeare. I'm Oedipus. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds yeah. I'm pretty sure we've seen that show in Ashland.
1: Yeah. Oh man.
0: So where did it go from there?
1: So from there oh. it it didn't become a worldwide uh, old worldwide phenomenon until the ancient Romans who started spreading uh, the baking of pies.
0: Being an empire will do that.
1: Yeah. Uh so. they, they had roads and love of food and handheld foods, fast foods. Uh, These were all very popular with the Romans. Like us, they worked 40 fucking hours a week. (laughs) Yeah,
0: they also had slaves, though.
1: They did. Who worked all the time.
0: 60 hours a week.
1: There's a first century cookbook titled Apicius, Apicius, which talks about a pie baked in a a cast or crust. What? Hmm. So they, they didn't call it a crust, they called it a cast one roman statesman notes a recipe for the most popular pie excuse my
0: computer everyone uh it just wants to do updates
1: your computer farted
0: this is microsoft's fault (laughs) sorry david continue
1: all right so one roman statesman notes a recipe for the most popular pie which was called placenta Mm.
0: um are you kidding me me no yes
1: can you give me a slice of your placenta?
0: How is that... How is that spelled?
1: Just like it sounds. P-L-A-C-E-N-T-A. So.
0: No. Yep. No, no. This pie
1: was made from many layers of dough, interspersed with mixtures of cheese and honey, flavored with bay leaves, then baked again, covered in honey.
0: Is this because it looked like a placenta when it was done? No,
1: no. The name comes from the Greek term plakaos, thin layered flatbreads so oh, the placenta shoot, that is
0: so close i almost yeah. feel like maybe you're mispronouncing it
1: that's well, maybe it's placenta
0: it's close still too close for comfort still i mean that's the well, english so translation had, right so they had thin layers with herbs and things pressed in between mm-hmm. and that's so what really like makes a kind of yeah like yeah. just a, when you laminate something yeah. it's just like to um Layer it with fat in between. Mm. You do it with that's like kind of the process of croissants or any sort of flaky dough. Oh
1: yeah. I like
0: to laminate my pastry, uh, my my pie crust just a little when I do a butter. Yeah. Pie crust. But yeah, that's sounds good. Maybe we should try that next time we make a savory meat pie. I like pie. I this like laminating the... herb, maybe some herb butter. Yeah. There. Bay
1: leaves. We get okay. A bay, that sounds wild, we but. Get a bay tree, bay leaf tree. We do need a bay leaf tree. That's true. Yeah. So pies were a large part of medieval cuisine. Uh, remember in last episode we mentioned the Normans packing food to take with them? They used pies. Uh, but the crusts of pies were not edible during this time.
0: Oh, so sad.
1: Yeah. It was mainly a way to preserve feelings. Fe- it's mainly feelings. a way to preserve fillins. I have to say it like my mom.
0: Okay. You can say fillins. You <laughs> just fillins. say You can't say filings. F- Fillings. Fillings
1: For long journeys and voyages. Fillins okay. for long journeys and voyages. Moments. So
0: I bet you the outside of the crust was probably a lot like salt tack. Do you remember ever hearing about salt tack yeah. when you were a kid? That's how people survived on long boat trips. Yeah, yeah. It's the salt, the dough, and the yeah, water. It was beer
1: and And salt it was tack. like yeah.
0: practically inedible, but you would like add a little water to it and knead it. Mm. So I imagine it's a really salty Even... dough or a really yeah. uh, hard... They said it
1: was like almost like concrete. Oh, like, like yeah, because
0: air wouldn't be able to permeate. Exactly. That's how you would preserve your food. Wow, that is that is and the this, opposite of what we aim for with pie yeah. crust today.
1: And this is what's creepy. Uh, that's why they were called coffins. Oh. Yeah, they were baked in really long, narrow pans.
0: We've seen some of these long, narrow pans. I don't know where the circular... Maybe you have some notes about where the circular pans started, but the, the narrow pans...
1: Yeah, i mentioned that later.
0: The kind of British style of baking a pie... Yeah. Those little uh, pie tins. Yeah. That are like rectangular. Um, we first saw them on the Great British Baking Show, and they are very cute. Yeah. And they're little, little cast iron
1: mm-hmm. rectangles
0: with little lips on yeah, them. Yeah, absolutely. That you would use to make a meat pie.
1: Yeah. Imagine wow. doing that in terracotta. Yeah. Mm.
0: Or, or calling it a coffin, which is creepy.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because it's scary Halloween. <laughs> So it's rumored that crusts were made delicious by the servants, as many aristocrats wouldn't dream of eating such a casing.
0: Also, I bet you there was lots of fat left over. Yeah. Because if you're, like, slow roasting meats or you're making a broth, you're going to have fat. Yeah. And, like, lard makes one of the most delicious, in my opinion. Yeah. Lard and butter. Best tasting pie crust.
1: Let's say a chef in a uh, mid-1800s mansion okay uh doesn't have all the ingredients to make a coffin crust but he's got like leftover lard he's like oh, i'm gonna throw it in there they're not gonna be able. or to it's another it
0: example or it's yet another example of the working man's food hence the servants yeah finding a way and working it into the menus of these rich aristocrats because they just have better ingredients around yeah, um, yeah. And they'll have more fats around, so uh, that it won't have to be such this hard, chewy.
1: Yeah.
0: Only there for a purpose. It can actually be an edible thing, which would just naturally happen over time because your cooks weren't part of the aristocratic class, right? Your uh, cooks right. were your working class. Yeah. And that's how you saw. You know, you, you always see this that like the working people, the mm-hmm. working class people always end up figuring out a way of some sort of new, really amazing food invention, and then it yeah, slowly works its, its way up to popularity, and then. The rich people take credit for it which yeah that's just how it is yeah but
1: because you know they would complain about it too and be like he won't eat the crust it's just like mm-hmm. he was raised that way he thinks eating the crust is below him
0: i could say there's a lot of people here that won't eat the crust yeah i won't eat a shitty pie crust i won't eat mm. it like those vons pumpkin Absolutely. pies yeah. for the holidays that's great if someone brings them i'll just eat the custard out of the middle that's how i eat shitty pumpkin pie i still love it and i will not turn down a slice of shitty pumpkin pie
1: but that crust is hard
0: yeah it's manufactured
1: so back to what we talked about earlier when the pilgrims came over and they introduced things like the pump they were introduced to things by the native peoples like pumpkins
0: different squashes and gourds squashes gourds uh
1: they still didn't grasp the deliciousness of a pie crust
0: Really? So they were still making the
1: yeah, coffins.
0: I mean, these were people who were really just man, they had no idea what they got yep. themselves into. Whew. Yeah.
1: They're
0: trying their best to eat the things that they can.
1: They and and for grow. their credit they like it wasn't until they were like starving that they actually started eating like the pumpkin and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So by 1621, the settlers of Plymouth Plantation might have made used uh they might have made stewed pumpkins in sweet cream or a filling a hollowed out pumpkin shell with milk, honey, and spices and then baking it in hot ashes. So then you would just kind of like scoop it like ice cream.
0: Oh, I'm sorry everyone. Our neighbor's dog is yelling at somebody. One second. We really want to make sure we can let him
1: finish. Yeah. It looks like he doesn't have anything else to add.
0: Okay, I think we're done. <laughs> yep, continue, David. What were you saying?
1: Okay, so uh In 1621, the settlers of Plymouth Plantation, they might have used uh, stewed pumpkins in sweet cream or even filling a hollowed-out pumpkin shell with milk, honey, and spices, and then baking it in hot ashes. So ovens weren't available for many settlers, so no pie on the first Thanksgiving. Mm. Sad but true. Yeah. Um, In 1651, Francois-Pierre Lavarine wrote a cookbook called La Vraie Cuisinière François, which is the true French cook. Nice. (laughs) In it, you can find a recipe for pumpkin pie that included a pastry crust. Yeah, the
0: French would. They would put out.
1: Oh, yeah. So um, pumpkins going back to the new world. They're like, what? This is delicious. Let's let's have it every year for Thanksgiving. Um, so the recipe was tort of pumpkin. Boil it <laughs> with good milk. It's all in Old English. Whoa,
0: whoa, whoa, whoa. They're boiling it? Boil in it milk. with good milk. Good milk. Okay, whole milk, good milk.
1: Pass it through a straining pan a very thick and mix it with sugar, butter, a little salt, and if you will a few stamped almonds. Ooh, okay. Let all be very thin. Put okay. it in your sheet of paste. Bake it. After it is baked, sprinkle it with sugar and serve. No eggs? No eggs. I didn't use eggs for shit like that. So it's just Yeah.
0: pumpkin. Mm. It's, it's a mashed So pumpkin. it's actually not a custard at all. No. Interesting. But
1: this is like the beginning of a, of a custard. By 1670, recipes for pumpkin pie, uh, that's hmm. what they called pumpkins. Okay. It was found in an English cookbook. Um, it wasn't until 1796 that an american cookbook was published titled american cookery by an american orphan by amelia simmons <laughs> i'm
0: sorry by an american orphan
1: yeah.
0: amelia simmons well it's you... by
1: an american orphan comma by amelia simmons no. so wait
0: is she an orphan
1: she was or an orphan or is this by
0: a nameless american orphan
1: oh no i think mm. you had it right
0: so we think that she isn't she is no, an American orphan. American what makes someone
1: by an American orphan. What
0: makes Amelia someone Simmons. an American orphan? Does that mean that you America asked asked you to leave? You can't no. live with America anymore, you have no, to go live in the another way, country?
1: The way I took it was that she was an orphan. Like you're stamped out that I'm an orphan and I wrote a book.
0: Oh. The orphan that got really good at bacon pie. Yeah,
1: like bastards and Game of Thrones. I,
0: I don't think it's the same as Bastards and Game of Thrones. You're not a Snow in Game of Thrones. You cannot relate everything. Okay.
1: No. But it's... Ah. I can tell by her last name. Amelia Simmons. It's an orphan name.
0: Okay, so what, what did what did this American orphan write? Like? What, was, what was her cookbook about? So,
1: this was the closest thing to today's pumpkin pie. Because it was essentially pumpkin pudding I'm sorry. And then baked in a pastry crust.
0: Okay, what? That
1: was another way of saying pumpkin back then. Pompkin. Okay. Or pompion.
0: Oh, okay. Okay. I thought you were broken for a second. No, i did not you were... broken. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> it's okay. In 1731, there was an increase in pastry uh, as an industry. So there were classes in the American colonies taught by pastry teachers. A book by Hannah Glass titled The Art of Cookery. I thought you had mentioned this one in our last episode. Is that our fridge?
0: Just also our fridge has never made um, this noise. Thanks, Fridge. It's
1: weird. <laughs> okay. They're speaking Spanish, nobody's gonna know what they're saying. Okay. Go. <laughs> So, didn't you mention the art of cookery in our last episode? I don't remember. So, this, uh, written by Hannah Glass, uh, had recipes of meat pies, fruit pies, and a fairly modern puff pastry. Hmm. Uh, Many of her recipes showcases medieval pie making. While baking, the top was removed, and the gravy, wine, butter, or vinegar was poured into the pie, and then the top replaced.
0: Yeah, I worked at a, um, a restaurant once, and we were doing little uh, rabbit pot pies that had turnips in them um, and carrots and that's how we we prepared them and so we had the top crust separate Mm
1: -hmm. and we would
0: bake we would like have the filling baked and ready to go blind bake the bottom crust in these little individual servings fill it, put the top on seal a little bit of egg white and finish it in the oven Wow! and it was like um, because it is so hard when you work at a restaurant it's very hard to serve hot fresh meat pies well Yeah, because you have to like cooking process can sometimes take an hour and you can't have somebody order a pie and then prepare it yeah so you have to have a way of like keeping it ready to go
1: ah. without keeping it
0: in a hot window where it's going to like get soggy or yeah. dry out yeah it's complicated and so that if, was one of the best ways that we figured yeah. out how to do it was
1: that makes a lot of assembling sense. it
0: that way yeah absolutely
1: especially if you don't want to run an oven constantly because yeah. you run out of fuel mm-hmm. then you can just pre-bake everything
0: yeah and then- well, on this in terms of like having the top bake separately from the insides that really ensures that because sometimes that's one of your issues is that your filling yeah. won't come up to temperature but your top of your crust is always you know already done mm. there's a lot of ways that you can problem solve that like putting aluminum foil on top of your crust but one of the ways that you yeah. could do that before you had aluminum foil was just bake, keeping them separate until the last minute
1: that's same cool. effect yeah wow um Uh, so back then uh you would do that so that when the servant would take the top off for the dinner table uh the people eating it could pick through the pieces that they wanted
0: so there's someone who's like i don't eat onions though yeah so yeah that's sad i don't like that
1: so eventually i mean like uh let's see early 1900s uh pies became such a large part of american culture and dessert that we still use the phrase as american as apple pie cool yeah
0: also we grew a lot of apples for making cider back then yeah that's what johnny apples was doing bt dubs guys he was planting apples for alcohol <laughs>
1: yeah. so how do you make
0: alcohol apples taste good you make them into a pie and you add sugar to it there
1: them. you go <laughs> <laughs> oh man we're um, a bunch of so- american drinkers and our American culture of pies, um, some of the influence came from the English who got it from the French. Um, but there's even more of our desserts that are owed to the vast number of German immigrants, oh, cool. uh, especially in Pennsylvania. Oh, yeah. So the Pennsylvania Dutch are still known for their shoe fly pie.
0: What's a shoe fly pie? First of all, ask there's a you song. That. <laughs> you didn't look at
1: it? well i was like that doesn't make sense it's they say it's brown sugar and molasses yeah yep. so it's just like this candied mess it's yeah, sugar and and iron and earthy and it's yeah. just baked in a, a crust and it sounds delicious
0: so yeah shoe fly pie remember that song yeah isn't there a no shoe fly no. pie song okay anyways yeah shoe uh, fly pie is, yeah, it's molasses. So molasses was like essentially a byproduct that not a lot mm-hmm. of people ate, but it's actually really good for you. It's really high in, The um, slaves ate it. Iron.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. And it's the, it's a byproduct of.
1: I don't know the byproduct of molasses um... or what. Bear with us. So while you're looking that up, I'm going to continue on. One
0: second. Ha ha! And a byproduct of the sugar-making process.
1: Ooh, great. Wow. can also that's be made from
0: sorghum as well, which is a really cheap thing that's grown in the South.
1: Ooh. So. Um, so it was the French, ultimately, who introduced the adding of butter to the crust.
0: Yeah. Yeah. French cooking, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Butter, in, butter, the, butter. in the late 1800s, a decline in pie popularity as cooking teachers combined with new science of nutrition discovered that it was making all the poor people fat and lazy
0: okay (laughs) first of all no no (laughs) that's fat and lazy is not a scientific term we don't use that term back in
1: the back in the 1800s though they did it would be like they they would work a lot more if they'd stop eating all those fucking pies
0: they're eating the pies because they work really (laughs) hard and they don't have a lot of money
1: yeah it was that pies Maybe are. Maybe
0: they're yeah. fat, but I'm sh- sure as hell the, weren't lazy. That's
1: probably all they had. At <laughs> that, that going people. for them like They're just
0: fat and lazy.
1: They burned way more calories back then during the Victorian era. Sure,
0: who gives a shit? And
1: so, like, but slices of like pies. Cool. So Coogles. during the Great Depression, we see a dip in dessert consumption. It was a, as it was considered more of 4K. a luxury than necessity. Yeah. yeah, there
0: was also a lot of um, rations on stuff like mm-hmm. sugar
1: sugar flour eggs yeah ma- yeah meats was all rationed um so in the 50s women went back to the kitchen with their brand new freezers it's a game show boys
0: yeah it's also really sad the women had to go back to the kitchen they were like hey they did hey they... sorry we're using you guys for wartime stuff yeah. but um we don't need you anymore yeah okay? you
1: helped us out in our greatest need but you know go fuck yourself
0: have a freezer
1: <laughs> but look you i wish i had a freezer this meant mass-produced pie crust could be kept in the freezer and those women didn't want to have to do as much <laughs> to do. these women
0: okay hold on where are you getting this
1: this is on the internet
0: okay but you're re- these women yeah these women All those right. women no, okay no, no, no.
1: this meant mass-produced pie crust could be kept in the freezer those women didn't want to have to do as much, and instead could focus on that book club and hanging out with other ladies.
0: Or a guy could learn to make a.
1: Yeah, but this is in the fifties. So fuck it though, right? Yeah. And if apparently- you are talk.
0: You gotta be careful. I'm a fame. I'm a raging feminist
1: this week. Okay.
0: <laughs> so watch yourself.
1: I'm not these saying. Women. I know. But sucks, I'm just saying those because. Yeah. pies were being mass produced like I'm not going to sit here and make a pie crust for my dopey ass child and my goofball of a husband Down. I'm going to make them strawberry pie as I don't want to eat that well, shit well that's anyways. what a lot of
0: people do though now like Pillsbury yeah. still sells I mean Trader Joe's oh, yeah. they have their pre-done pie crust I will let you know though that is a lie yeah it's not a time saver it's a quality saver
1: yeah that's it
0: when I don't like it.
1: Yeah. Anyways. Um, so uh, in the 80s, we see a resurgence of pies again. Um, uh, everything could be a crust, apparently. Magazines had re- recipes for crusts made from potato chips to popcorn or canned <laughs> fried onion rings.
0: Popcorn? Yeah. Potato chips?
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: what? I want a yeah. potato chip crust.
1: Yeah. And then that, that brings us to today.
0: Amazing. It's like a time machine. Yeah. Move by so quickly. Don't breathe in too fast. There's a fruit fly by your face.
1: Oh. We have a problem with fruit flies, listeners.
0: Why are you telling people about our fruit fly problem? I'll
1: edit it out. <laughs> or I'll leave it in. I don't care.
0: <laughs> okay, so that's that's great, David. So when I was doing my research about pies, um,. I kind of wanted to focus on a couple different kinds of pie, so I'll kind of go a little broad, and then I will focus in on um, one or two special varieties that I thought were important worth mentioning. Yeah. So, um, I'll start with Sorry. Billy.
1: Go lie down. Billy. He's, like, just looking at my hand. Go lie down, please. Come on.
0: He's, like, he's confused. Come on, go lie down. Don't try to record a, a podcast with a large dog in the room.
1: Stop looking at me. Go lie down.
0: Go lie down. He's looking at us through the crack in the curtains. OK, <laughs> go lay down. All
1: right.
0: So I'm going to talk about some different examples of pie. I'll start fairly broad, and then I'll narrow in on one or two unique ones. Great. So um, the first one I'm going to talk about is the one that intrigues me the most and is also just a little bit gross. Mm. Uh, it's the eel pie. Ooh. Traditional eel pie
1: mm.
0: um, that is from London in the 16th century. So kind of think Victorian era. era. Um, And this is back when the, is it Thames? Thames. Thames? Thames. Was full of eels.
1: No. And so, yeah, yeah,
0: and people would feed themselves. So it became, uh, eel pie became the working class treat. It was really easy to get a bucket of eels. You could buy them at the market. And then you could turn your bucket of slimy gross eels into what is, I guess, a good pie. But this um, traditional Mm. eel pie It's what kind of started all the pie and mash shops that would like line the areas by, you know, the docks and stuff like that. Um, And eel was great because it was a cheap and abundant protein. So it was everywhere. It was affordable and it was protein and our bodies need protein, right? So um, they were served in the similar style, kind of that coffin style we talk about, right? With the little tins, Mm -hmm. rectangular tins. Um, They had eels in them. Sometimes they had potatoes. Um, let me read you a recipe of the Richmond eel pie recipe, which is supposed to be a famous eel pie recipe. So, you start with your eels. Bucket of slimy, slimy ass eels. Uh, You skin them. You draw and cleanse two good sized eels. Okay. Okay. Trim off the fins and cut them in about three inch pieces. Put them in a stew pan with two ounces of butter. Okay. That's kind of a lot. Chopped mushrooms, parsley, shallot, nutmeg, pepper and salt, two glasses of sherry, okay, and barely enough water to cover the surface of the eels with a little bit of Harvey sauce. I'm assuming this is one of, like, (laughs) this is a weird brown mustardy sauce that you put in everything. I don't know what Harvey sauce is. Is
1: that like the HP sauce?
0: I'm assuming, yes. I'm assuming it's something like that. It's
1: probably some sort of, like, prune and anchovy. And I want
0: to, I, I would like to point out that they are adding water to this.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: Let them on the fire, and as soon as they come to boil, let them be removed. And the pieces of eel placed carefully in a pie dish. Then add two ounces of butter, kneaded with two ounces of flour, which this is a roux.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah.
0: Um, to the sauce. Having stirred it on the fire to thicken. Mm. And the juice of a lemon... And pour it over the pieces of eel in the pie dish. Place some hard yolks of eggs on top. Cover with puff paste. Okay. Ornament the top. Put little pretty little Eels. Eel. Well that one looks like a dick. Sure. Yep. <laughs> egg it over, so you put a little egg wash over it and bake it for about an hour. Okay. So in the end what you have is this like really buttery fish like pie, and I guess eels are really delicious. Uh-oh. And it was um A really savory seafood pie. I don't know that I've ever Mm. had a fish pie. I'm down to try it.
1: I don't know if I could eat eel. However,
0: I don't know that I could necessarily eat eel.
1: But at the same time, if eel is as good as it is in sushi, like a high-quality eel, if it tasted like that, probably it didn't because it was probably living off of human refuse. Sorry.
0: Yeah, so side note is that eels are probably eating off of human refuse, but that doesn't matter. Mm, Whatever. (laughs) I would still try it if we went to London and went to a place and that's what they do and it was a traditional eel pie. I would try it because I'm really yeah. curious to know what it tastes like.
1: I think it could be good.
0: So the next pie I want to talk about is the mincemeat pie or mutton pie or also known as a Christmas pie. Mm. So this is a really interesting pie that was originally some one thing and then changed into something else because of scarcity and now it's just that thing. So yeah. it is a sweet pie of British origin. So it was either minced meat Or suet, right? So, again, we've just got fat. So, the fat of beef or mutton, like lard. um, And they would combine this with dried fruits and nuts combined with clove, cinnamon, and nutmeg. Mm. So, kind of a meaty pie, but it's like making your meat stretch. So, if you got just, like, weird scraps of minced meat, you would use that as well. Okay. So, and this can kind of be traced back to the return of the European crusaders from the Holy Land. (laughs) Right? I mean, like, this is if this is pies were a way of preserving food, they were like the ancient Tupperware. Yeah. And so, if you were coming from one place where they had clove and cinnamon and nutmeg um, and lamb fat, yeah, this would be something that you would bring with you. Um, the Middle Eastern methods of cooking that combined these flavors of meats and fruits and spices were, became really popular at the time. Um, in Tudor England, shred pies. As they were known then uh were formed from shredded meat and dried mm. fruit so it was a really Ooh. interesting combination of you know you think about middle eastern cooking and moroccan yeah. cooking and you think of things like um chicken and dried apricots yeah. or raisins and lamb and there are lots of different
1: turkey and cranberries mind
0: blown yup yeah. yep, turkey and cranberries
1: gamey meat bright acidic fruits
0: so that was that. That's kind of the origin of the mincemeat pie, right? So it's a ground meat with a uh, sliced dried fruit, with yeah. with some really great spices. I'm
1: down. I'm down for that. that so and these later became
0: known as the Christmas pie, um, because the Catholics loved it around the holidays. And so eventually, what happened is that like meat was kind of scarce um, during the Great Depression. These pies were. They called them Christmas pies. They were a really Uh big deal. They would use um, dried fruits, but more like a canned dried fruit, or just raisins, right? So I think when my grandma Miller used to make it, there's actually a mix you can buy. Yeah. That's just a bunch of cheap, weird, bright green, bright whatever
1: Uh. pieces
0: of dried fruit.
1: Yeah, they dyed the fruit too, didn't they? Sometimes, yeah. yeah.
0: But this is a funny one. So the Puritans were really opposed to the Christmas pie, um, mincemeat pie, (laughs) On account of its connection with capitalism, Catholicism. Catholicism yeah. Sorry, Catholicism. Yeah. Um, the Catholics loved it because the lower crust was supposed to resemble the crib of little baby Jesus. <laughs> so for some, it was the coffin, and for the Catholics, yeah. they loved it because it reminded them of the crib of baby Jesus. It just was filled with edible delights, <laughs> um, and the Puritans called them out for idol worship.
1: Ah, interesting. Okay.
0: Yeah. So another pie that's kind of um i'll point out is the steak and kidney pie and that was a british favorite um and this is where you use the toughest and cheapest meats yeah so um awful meats or like organ meats right things that you normally wouldn't be like searing or roasting or whatever you're gonna put them in a pie um and you would do it by sealing it in a flaky crust And you cook it slow, and it helps to actually relax the meat. So kind of like when you made your beef pie with your hot water crust, it's really similar. You cooked it for a long period of time because it's a stew meat, which means it has these like really tough fibers. And by slow cooking it like that, it really lets the meat relax and become tender.
1: Ooh.
0: Yeah. Um, Let's see, the next pie, some of my favorite pies are custard pies or cream pies. So these are the types of pies that are filled with custard or pudding. So think like lemon meringue, yeah. um, banana cream pie, coconut cream pie, chocolate cream pie. And these were really popular in areas where they had farmers or people who had um, chickens. Yeah. So this is a way of using up all those extra eggs. And, you know, we, we've had chickens before and sometimes they can pile up. Um, each hen <laughs> will lay an egg every, almost every day. Sometimes they'll take a break in winter months. But that can be a lot of eggs if you don't eat that many eggs every day. And so using them to make a cream pie or a custard pie was a really great way of using something that you didn't want to throw away. Um, The crust is usually a standard pie crust, but it can also be a crumb crust made of graham crackers or cookies. Yeah. 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 Kind of um, using cookies or graham crackers, you crush them up. You add a little bit of sugar and a little bit of butter, and then you bake it so that it kind of comes together. I'm sorry. My neighbor's dog has an opinion about this. Yeah. (laughs) What? No. Is that a cat? Yeah. Jesus. You guys, we're trying to record a podcast. (laughs) Moving forward. So, the banana cream pie, which is another really great pie, didn't come um, into popularity until the 1880s because bananas were not available. So, when bananas became available in the U.S., it was like this super cool thing and they were in so many cool recipe books about this kind, kind of new fruit. Yeah. Um, but the banana cream pies were sometimes kind of weird. Sometimes they were like, mash the bananas up and cook them. Oh, weird. In the crust and then put a vanilla pudding on top. What? Sometimes, yeah, sometimes you'd make the vanilla pudding and you'd just place bananas on top. Yeah. So there's lots of different ways people kind of experimented with bananas.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: and then, finally, you can talk about... Not finally. I got one more after this. Um, let's talk about a chess pie. So a chess pie is a really interesting pie that was really big in the south. Yeah. Um, and this is from England originally. So this chess pie is now found in both New England and Virginia in terms of, like, its American roots. Um, and the first instance of this recipe is in Martha Washington's Book of Cookery Ooh. from the mid-17th century. Um. Yeah and so this is kind of like a it's really similar to the shoe fly pie where it's just like sugar yeah so it's um usually used with leftovers like buttermilk but it can also be things like have chocolate or lemon um or nut based wow which is kind of neat and they think that the name of it actually came from the town that it came from the origin um of chester england so it's it's really interesting so it's a single crust with a filling made of flour sugar eggs um, and sometimes you can add an acid to it. So it kind of sets like, like a custard pie, but it's not so many eggs that it's actually a custard. Huh. So some, think of like a um, pecan pie, but without the nuts. Right? Yeah. yeah. So you add a little bit of buttermilk, vinegar, or lemon juice. Um, and some recipes, southern recipes, call for cornmeal. So it's mm, a very... That sounds really good. It's a crazy sweet pie. Yeah. Um, but it's kind of a fun experience if you haven't tried it before. I haven't. And then last but not least, fruit pies.
1: Yeah.
0: So fruit pies, along with other sweet, pri- sweet pies, were prepared. Like we kind of talked about, like the ancient Greeks used to do that. the Ancient Romans used to do that.
1: Yeah.
0: Kids are so loud today.
1: Yeah. Billy, So. go lie down.
0: Fruit pies, along with other sweet pies, really didn't emerge into popularity until the industrialization of sugar. So think like sugar plantations. Yeah, Sad. of course. Um, but they were probably first made in the 1500s, um, probably using more natural sugars. And indefinitely in, in like aristocratic families, you would have sugar. But the common yeah. person didn't really have their hands on sugar in the 1500s. Um, English tradition credits the first cherry pie to Queen Elizabeth I. Yeah, and cherry pie is quite a delicious thing.
1: Man, you would have had to have preserved those cherries though for that voyage back home, because mm-hmm. they wouldn't have lasted.
0: No, absolutely. Origins of fruit pies can also be seen um, in ancient Greece. So we all know fruit has a season, yeah. right? And it's not forever. It'll usually be a spring season and a fall season. Um, and so what you you use it as a way of like kind of preserving your pies. You can also make. Um, Pie fillings, like preserved pie fillings in jars.
1: Oh, yeah. Which is a
0: really great way of preserving fruit right when it's ripe.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and I think it's like one of the things I love about fruit pies the most is that um, it's a great way of using things when they're at their peak season. So yeah. you get, they're usually really affordable. And it can be any fruit you can think of. I mean, don't do melons.
1: Yeah.
0: Please don't do melons. Don't do kiwis. Like, use no, your brain. You just have
1: to put fresh melon. No. On you
0: just, the use your baked brain. Pie. Yeah, on a cream pie or something yeah. like, it can't be something that's like very very waterlogged but no. you know uh, let's see. pears peaches yeah. apples pineapple
1: oh a pineapple um, pie would be fun
0: mm-hmm. let's see sweet potato but that's yeah. that's back of the custard yeah. blueberries boysenberries raspberry apricots
1: now we're just listening plums fruits
0: when <laughs> some other peaches one. I already said peaches citrus cherries
1: you can do a key lime pie
0: strawberries That's a cream pie oh oh and my and one of my favorites which is strawberry rhubarb yeah so what's really great is that it's kind of a simple ratio system so what i usually what i do when i make a fruit pie is um i like to have about four cups of filling sometimes a little more so i think about cutting up four cups of fruit or washing four cups of fruit and then i like to um season it to taste if that's like zesting a lemon I can put mm. a little vanilla extract in there. I add enough sugar so I like how it tastes you can actually then you can actually taste it without having to have your thickening agent in it
1: yeah
0: um, what are some other things cinnamon sometimes is fun Ginger is a really fun addition if you're yeah. doing like uh, apricot you can add lots of different fresh, things you can add
1: fresh ginger fresh ginger apple.
0: yeah yeah but one of the things that really is important when you're making a fruit pie is when fruit cooks it can produce a lot of liquid and so it's important you add something that can kind of thicken it up. So good. Yeah. Um, and so you want to do like a roux. So some people do flour. Yeah. Um, some people do cornstarch, which is also fine. I usually want to do about a tablespoon or sorry, a teaspoon of cornstarch per recipe with a little bit of water. Um, I do quick minute tapioca. So it's a mm. recipe trick that I found in the New York Times where it's one tablespoon of quick minute tapioca mixed with just a very little bit of sugar. And you toss your fruit in that. Let it sit for a minute while you kind of assemble your crust and get everything ready. And then when you bake it, what's really nice is instead of like um it kind of creates a jelly consistency. And so the tapioca balls themselves don't really stay together because it's kind of quick minute tapioca and they kind of break apart. But you get that nice jelly consistency when you slice into your pie. Yeah. Where it stays together. Um which is, you know, that's super cool.
1: I didn't know that it broke down.
0: Well, they're if you look at quick minute tapioca, it's like shards of tapioca. They're not oh. perfectly, like, yeah, because it's okay. meant to cook yep. very quickly. And that's what's great about it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Some cool. people like it. Some people don't like it. I mm-hmm. like it. I like to have that nice jelly consistency. Yeah. Like you're eating a jar of preserves. Yeah, that. exactly. Yeah. So those are, you know, some of, I love making fruit pies. I try to make a fruit pie every season. I know Then I've made apple pies pretty often.
1: Yeah,
0: I've done plum peach
1: that yeah yeah
0: lots of different kinds
1: the the hot water crust pie i made um was a lot of fun that was the first one i ever did uh but you're literally melting the fats in a water and then adding that to your flour salt mm-hmm. and then you knead it to kind of like build that structure but it, it's strong enough and you work with it hot strong enough that it holds its shape
0: it, with a meat filling in the inside yeah. which i was really really impressed
1: yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I was you used, able to um, open it from the spring form and it kept its shape. Yeah, you use a spring it. form,
0: which I think is really yeah. interesting. So different, you know, I really like using ceramic yeah, um, pie pans to cook my pies. I'm not a huge fan of glass and I'm not a huge fan of metal. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to I like to bind, blind bake my first crust. And then yeah. if I do one on top, I like to have that fresh. So if I do like a lattice top pie and blind baking is where you uh, pre-bake the bottom crust just a little bit. Put the weights in there. Yeah, and you'll use use like ceramic weights. You can also just use the old grandma method of using beans. Yeah. So any dried beans, a little bit of parchment paper down. Yeah. And you cook it until it's, so it kind of gets a head start because the last thing you want, in the words of Mary Berry, is a soggy bottom.
1: A a real soggy bottom.
0: Yeah, you don't want a soggy bottom.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. I don't want a soggy bottom. Uh, round pie pans came about in the 1800s with the industrial revolution
0: oh it was probably easier to stamp those yep
1: exactly you know? and that's that's when we started seeing pies baked in pie pans in the round form
0: oh interesting
1: whereas before they would use the hot water crust to keep its shape um, or cook it in coffins real creepy yeah not weird Real creepy. So, pies will forever be a part of our heritage. One that connects us all. And in the words, Carl Sagan, If you wish to make an apple pie from scratch, you must first invent the universe. Thanks for joining us on Eat Your Feels.
0: And try to make a pie. Um, Tag us in your experiences with with a pie. Or go out and eat a slice of pie if you don't have time to make a pie. There's plenty of delicious places that do wonderful seasonal pies.
1: Yeah. Uh, Don't forget to uh, tag us on Instagram. uh, Follow us on Twitter. um, And
0: please, please, please rate us on iTunes. iTunes. It's very easy. Scroll to the bottom of the app. Click on how many stars you think we're worth. It's just nice for us to have feedback on the project we work Mm -hmm. on. Yep.
1: All right. We'll see you next time.
0: Bye.